guys. Welcome back to Quirks and Crime. I'm Heather. I'm Natalie. And um, today we're going to talk about nurses who kill. This is our episode eight. It's Woo-hoo. very exciting. Um, we will be at CrimeCon 2020 in Orlando. Super excited as normal people stalking our favorite podcasters. Mm-hmm. Um, right now we are enjoying a bottle of champagne. I will butcher the name. Francois Montand. I don't know how to speak French, clearly. But um, this is like a really sweet gift from um, a patient at work that both Natalie and I took care of. And they rolled up in there with like a case of champagne for the nurses, (laughs) which is so nice. It's actually really yummy, too. Um, I'm sure you can get it at our favorite store, Total Wine. And I didn't scan it on the Vino app, but um, I should. So I can Mm -hmm. see like, you know, where I can get it, get more of it and what I should um, drink with it. Um, So what are you listening to and watching right now? So, um, did you ever listen to Dr. Death? It's kind so it was like a year old, which is appropriate because we're talking about nurses who kill. Right. Um, the same lady, I think her name is Laura Beale. She is an investigative reporter in Texas. She just came out with a new, um, a new podcast called Bad Batch. Ooh. And it's about stem cells. Oh, really? Yes. Which is really pertinent to us because we're labor and delivery nurses. Right. Um, and yeah, it's really, really good. Ooh, I have to listen to that. I'll, I'll listen to that yeah. on the way home. Only right now, I think only like four are out, but it's going to be six. Okay. Um. So I've eaten up all four of them. I'm yeah. like patiently waiting for the other two. And then I just finished The Mysterious Mr. Epstein. Ooh, I don't know what that is. It's, so it's about Jeffrey Epstein. Right. And really just about like his past mm-hmm. and how he got away with all that he got away with. Right. And yeah, it's real good. It's by Wondery. And Wondery, oh, I love Wondery. Yeah, they do good stuff. They also do Bad Batch. Okay. So I was listening to the Mr. Epstein one, and then um, they had like an advertisement for Bad Batch at the end of it. So that's how I found it. Um, they're really, really good. So those are the two that I've been listening to for like the past week since we finished. Like, did, have you finished, um, what's the one? Hitman. Um, I think so. I think so. Cause yeah. there was, I, yeah, I feel like I finished that one. That one blew me away. And that then like, crazy. I kind of needed like more information almost like when it was all done. I was yeah. like, gosh, this is crazy. Yeah. It was nuts, but really, really good. Yeah. Um, and then I have been waiting to tell you about this, um, murder in the bayou on uh-huh. Showtime. Oh, it's I have like Showtime a, now. Oh, you do. I do. You can they watch got it. me with the free like preview weekend, and so yeah, I now have it. Is it? Do you have it like through Hulu or like no, your through through provider? Xfinity? Yeah, oh. I pay a lot of money for it mm-hmm. because they had a free weekend, and we started watching that Kirsten Dunst show on Becoming God in Central Florida. Oh, that's yes. like based in the nineties, mm-hmm. like on Amway. And it's she's so good in it. And Kirsten so, Dunst is a really good actress. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever watch? Um, shoot, what was the name of it? Fargo. Yes, she was in the second season of Fargo. Yes, and she does. She's so good. She's really good. So yeah. yeah, we got hooked, and I'm like, oh, we don't have this. Oh yeah, free weekend. Now I need to watch this show. So now, now I have Showtime. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Murder in the Bayou is real good. Okay, it's about the Jeff Davis Eight. Mm-hmm. Jefferson Davis Parish, I think, is, like, the place in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And eight women went missing over, like, a five-year period. And they all, like, kind of ran in the same crowd. Um, it's really good. I'll have to check it out for yeah. sure. They they talk a lot about, like, they haven't found, spoiler, they haven't found the person who murdered these women. 
but like they were saying it was a serial killer. Like that's what Jefferson Davis County was or Parish was saying to the people is mm-hmm. that it's one person perpetrating all these crimes, but they kind of think it's not one person, that it's a bunch of people. And there's like a little bit of a police cover up scandal. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. That I just ate up. Um and I think it's only like Four episodes. Ooh. It's really good. But yeah, I need something to watch because mm-hmm. everything's kind of in between. And Well, now you have your showtime. You got to use your showtime, gotta girl. I know. got to use the showtime. Yeah. Um, I'm watching, uh, Jeff and I are watching Schitt's Creek on Netflix. And I know you said you tried it. And, and I, I felt kind of the same it. way when I started it. But if you keep up with it, like the mom's hilarious. The son is hilarious. And I think you just have to get a little more time mm-hmm. with their character development because we're pretty far into it now. Like I've kind of not kept up with it as much, but mm-hmm. it is, it's funny. It's really I funny. Need, I need a comedic release. Yeah, it's good. Cause it's, you know, it's like, you don't have to pay 100% attention, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, you don't have to take notes or anything <laughs> like I did yeah. when I was watching Game of Thrones. So oh it's, it's gosh, like I really, I do too. God. I kind of want to go back and watch like seasons one through whatever. Uh, yeah. Because I feel like Jeff really enjoyed watching it again with me because mm-hmm. I think he saw, a lot, you know, kind of learned a lot more and was able to follow along a lot better. Because when you watch it initially, you're like, wait, these people have like five names. Yeah, wait, who What's happening? About? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think I would catch a lot more things that I might I do missed. too. I, I might do that. I'll let you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been kind of still catching up with True Crime Obsessed. Love them. And I have literally <laughs> laughed out loud. They rebroadcast the disappearance of Maura Murray. Mm-hmm. And in episode two, you've got to go back and listen. I because, do, yeah. Oh my gosh, they kill me, like dying. Basically, the one where, because basically when her car was found, there was like something in her tailpipe. Mm-hmm. And that was like a big thing. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. What is this? Did somebody do this to where it would like incapacitate her car where they could kidnap her? Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So on the documentary, apparently, they reenact it. And after like two seconds of like reenactment, whatever was in the tailpipe like shoots out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, okay, great. There it goes. We've invested so much time into this right. theory. And, and then... Jillian said, I could just picture it being like, flies out falls right at your feet and you're like okay cool glad that we you know spent all this time like on this reenactment so it was just it was really funny they are so funny i laugh out loud every single time i listen oh my gosh and then after she was like yeah and it's just this jalopy and like patrick's dying and he's like what's a jalopy like stop it his laugh kills me like he has a laugh that I laugh because he's I laughing. Know, and he just loves her so much and laughs at everything she says. And it's hilarious. Patrick is Jillian's number one fan. <laughs> yes. He is the president of her fan club, yes. for sure. Absolutely. So cute. I love them. So we got our stories today from um, Nurses Who Kill on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And there's only one season. I'm, I'm going to talk about episode seven in a little bit. But we talked about this before we started recording. It's kind of all over the place. Yes. I, I couldn't follow the storyline very no. well. And it's also foreign. So I had a hard time understanding everything they were saying. And I couldn't get my closed caption to work. <laughs> and so I was like struggling, pausing, playing. And I was like, this is not that long of a show. Yeah. But like I'm kind of done with it. Like I didn't feel like it was very well done. No. the I, I didn't. I really didn't care for it. No, much. I won't go I back probably, and watch all the episodes. Yeah. It didn't catch my, it didn't tickle my fancy. But no. 
but I also by like thirty minutes I was like, okay, what did this girl do? Like right. I still am get to the un- point. It, like they keep calling her a narcissist, and I'm like, okay, well you gotta kind of give me some evidence right. to call her a narcissist. You know what I mean? My guy's like, a narcissist too. How about that? How about that? I don't know. I I was really it's really disturbing. Like if you Google nurses who kill or whatever, mm-hmm. and it just it infuriates me mm-hmm. because like that's what we do, mm-hmm. and you're basically dealing with patients at the most vulnerable time of their life. Mm-hmm. And to think that I mean, like basically, my guy I'm going to talk about is like a serial killer. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that but, yeah. you know people go into this profession where you're supposed to be helping people. I don't know. It was disturbing. Although I feel like the documentary could be a little better. Yeah, I think they could have done a better job because it's an, a really interesting subject Absolutely. matter to think that someone who's supposed to be taking care and like nurses by nature are extremely empathetic right? and extremely like just you have you have to be a caring person because I'm here to tell you nursing not a glamorous job. No. At all. The things I do sometimes I'm like, do people, would they believe me if I told them what I'm doing right now? <laughs> Like, yes. if I told somebody that is not in the medical field, do you know what I did today? Yeah. And, like, wrote it out, I think they'd be like, you're full of it. That's not true. Right. Because, or, like, wow. why do you do that? Right. That's gross. Like, why? And a lot of, like, I'm 27, so I don't have a ton of friends that have kids yet. Right. But the ones that do, their husbands, if I'm ever like, yeah, I'm a labor and delivery nurse, they're like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, because they've seen it. And right. And, like, they had their nurses. Right. And they're like... I can't believe you do that. Right. You know? And they're so thankful, too. Yeah. Like, like, thank God you were there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, I don't really think about it, but sometimes when I'm doing weird things, I'm like, yeah, this is, people would not believe this is what labor and delivery is. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. It's it's something. I I would not rather be anywhere else in the hospital. No, me either. I love what I do, but it's a lot. It is a lot. And being a nurse in general, like, is is kind of, a lot of times, thankless. Right. But also extremely, extremely rewarding. Right. Yeah. For sure. So I'll start. Let's do it. Okay. So my nurse's name is uh, Daniela Poggioli. She is a 45-year-old woman uh, from Italy. I couldn't get the uh, name of the town that she lives in, but they said it was Central North Italy. So... um, Daniela was always the class clown um, in like on her unit, but people always said that she was a good nurse. Um, and over between the years of 2013 and 2014, they started noticing that a lot of Daniela's patients were dying. Uh, they did kind of like a statistical analysis. 38 out of her 86 patients in a three-month period wound up dead. That is terrifying that's so scary and they never really like specified what unit she worked on Mm -hmm. because ICU like I I mean I've never worked on an ICU unit but they obviously have like higher death rates than and a variety of things going on right right. um than like a med surge unit right but from my understanding this was like like low risk step down med surge unit so the patient that actually, like, when they finally caught on to her uh, was a patient, Rosa. Gosh, I need her last name. Um, sorry. Yes, Rosa Cal- Calderon? Maybe. Yeah, that looks right. <laughs> we'll go with that. Um, so she was admitted for complications of diabetes and possible joint issues. And uh, then she 
died, unfortunately. And when they did an autopsy on her, they found staggering levels of potassium chloride in her Ooh. blood. Yeah. And you know, potassium can really mess up be right, the function can, of your heart. Right. It can stop your heart if you inject it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, right. So they, like, she ended up dying of, I'm assuming, a heart attack. And uh, once they did the autopsy, because her family was like, uh, no. Like, right. she was a young lady, she, or not young, excuse me. She was in her 70s, but she was healthy other than these complications with diabetes. So, um, they also, before any of that happened, they were noticing that a lot of her patients on night shift were dying. So, they moved her to, or not that her patients, but like a lot of patients were dying on night shift. So, they moved her to day shift. Um, to see if like that kind of correlated. So, um, anyway, I get like, so they brought her in for questioning and she just fessed up to it right away. Oh, wow. Yeah. So in March, 2014, she was sentenced to life in prison. Um, and this is so gross, but men were sending her marriage proposals in prison. What is up with that? Like, I feel like it happens a lot. Yeah. Like, I feel like people in prison are like hot commodities to get married and I just don't get it. Especially if they're good looking. (laughs) True. And she, she was a nice looking blonde lady. Um, and she also, this is disturbing. She would post, like, she would take selfies with patients that were like dying (gasps) or already dead. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's got problems. Yeah. So, yeah, I think she's a narcissist. I think nurses yes. kill. <laughs> I think, I think we've correctly. diagnosed that, right? Uh-huh. Um, and then, right before we started this, I found out that she uh, her she was released in July of 2017. How? So, her defense kept saying that she that she felt like she was doing these people a favor, that, like, these people were suffering and not she, your call not your call like, yeah. like you are not god and no and like did the patients express that to her right probably not right i'm so right like anyway so um yeah she was released in 2017 but she was only charged with the murder of that one patient miss uh calderon calderon i think that's how you pronounce her name so she was only charged with that one so there's 37 other patients who could come back and charge her. Um, Please tell me they pulled her license and she cannot practice. Oh, yes. She is no longer okay. a nurse. Yeah. That's good. And um, in the same article when um, there were pictures of her like going into the courtroom and she's like shackled and has like this big smile on her face and like waving to people. Wow. Like totally a narcissist. And a couple of the nurses that she worked with on the unit were like, interviewed in this Mm -hmm. and they were saying like yeah she always had like an inappropriate response to patients dying but I mean can that just be chalked up to like we have we have a high-risk job and everybody has different coping mechanisms so like some people's coping coping mechanisms are like humor right like some people respond oddly to situations with like inappropriate laughter right that sort of thing Mm -hmm. so they were just like you know, we just kind of thought she was a little weird. Right. But no, she was killing patients left and right. So sad. Yeah. Ugh. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Hopefully, some of the other patients' family members will press charges since, I mean, it's not double jeopardy. She can be right. charged for another patient's unfortunate death. Right. Um, so, but I don't know. 
if, if potassium chloride, if how many hours after it's administered, can you like do the autopsy and see yeah, it? I don't know. Like, I, don't I don't know, know how either. fast it's metabolized. Right. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or it's half-life or any of that. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. So I don't know if that was like what she was always using. Well, and then like what I'm going to talk about, some of her patients were probably cremated, so they can't go back and get that evidence or that information. Right. You know? Exactly. So, yeah. but at least she's not a nurse anymore. True. I, I, yeah. Hopefully, she's not taking care of anyone. Yeah. That's awful. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to talk about Niels H. and he's in Germany, and this was on episode seven of Nurses Who Kill. So basically, um, his coworkers said that he would kind of create medical emergencies to show off his expertise. Once mm-hmm. again, narcissist. Mm-hmm. Um, and that he worked in two different hospitals, and he was considered kind of the bad luck charm because he happened to be around when patients needed to be resuscitated. So there was always like these rumors or suspicions going on, but there was never anything concrete for a while. So he worked in the ICU. So very vulnerable patients, just like her. Uh-huh. Um, he worked night shift and his patients would develop problems. And I couldn't understand the drug they were saying. I think they were saying amiodarone, which is a cardiac drug. Uh-huh. But I tried to go back. Like I said, I couldn't get my closed caption to work. But basically he was, um, it's, it was found that he was giving a lot of cardiac meds and that would create cardiac arrest. Mm-hmm. So then he would save the day by doing, you know, CPR. So there was an increase in patients' deaths at one of the hospitals he was working on, and there were a lot of rumors going around and that more patients were dying while he was working there, but nobody ever informed the police. And um, when he left that hospital, he was actually given, like, a decent reference, and people were worried about, like, privacy (gasps) laws. Oh, my gosh. I, I know this story. You do? Yes. But I don't remember where I've heard it before. Like, I don't know what documentary I was watching about okay. this. But I know this story. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. It's really bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he starts a new job. And then um, they ended up, like, his history is he had a car accident at some point. He started taking meds for panic attacks. He was married. He had a daughter. Apparently, that was a really difficult delivery that he had to witness helplessly. Mm-hmm. They didn't go into details, so I don't know, like, what kind of labor and delivery situation happened, mm-hmm. if anything. I don't know. Um, he was a workaholic, and then he was also a big drinker. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were wondering, did he suffer from Munchausen by proxy by basically making his patients ill so he could come to the rescue. Mm -hmm. Um, He had attention-seeking behavior. He had low self-esteem, low self-worth. He was proneness to be, like, bored, you know, proneness to be boredom. So I think he created drama because he would get bored on the unit, Mm -hmm. which is so twisted. Yeah. Because when there's no drama, like, we're good. When it's a boring day, That's a good good day. day. That's right. That's right. And then one, one of the people speculated, which this I thought was so gross, like, did he get sexual satisfaction by killing patients? Oh, God. Ew. Gross. Like, so, you know, clearly. A of, but a lot of serial killers do that's true. get sexual yeah. satisfaction. And it's obviously narcissistic personality disorder, which we talked about. Did they ever bring up maybe that he has, like, a God complex or anything? They didn't, other than it being, like, the whole narcissism, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And I told Natalie this before. I was cracking up because on the show they kept calling it a dramatic reconstruction. <laughs> Instead of a... um, Dramatic reenactment. Right, reenactment. So, um, you know, basically once they kind of get an idea that maybe something's going on with him, um, a patient coded and a nurse found like five vials in the trash of this medication. Of the amiodarone. Or whatever it was. Right. And and reported it. And that's kind of how the investigation got started. Um, So he was arrested in 2005 
But then he was able to keep his job. He was arrested and was still working? Yeah, so I think he was arrested and then he was let out. And then he was able to keep his job, which I'm like, are you kidding me? That doesn't make any sense. No, I, I guess they didn't have enough evidence at the time. But to not suspend his license? Right. Come on. At least until we can get this investi- investigation right. like finished. Exactly. That's crazy. So in 2008, he was guilty of one case of manslaughter. And a woman heard about it and she called authorities because I guess he had been her mother's nurse. And she suspected that something might be going on. So they exhumed bodies and 14 of them showed a trace of the medication. And then several other of his patients had been cremated. So they had no way of knowing. So he was charged with two attempted murders and three murders. He admitted to injecting over 90 patients. And about 30 of them had died. Oh, my God. Right. So 285 patients died during or shortly after his shifts. 101 were cremated, 184 buried. They exhumed 99, and 27 of them had traces of the drug that he used. Wow. How many of those just, their bodies just didn't show it anymore? Right, exactly. And so he expressed remorse. Um, He's actually been sentenced to life in prison, initially for the murder of six patients, and later convicted of a total of 85 murders. Oh, my gosh. Right. And so he's basically, he's believed to be the most prolific killer in Germany's modern history. Yeah. And some people nicknamed him, like, Resuscitation Rambo, which is, like, so (laughs) twisted. Yeah. But also, people are like, why weren't other, like... When these red flags came up, mm-hmm. why was this never investigated? Like, right. This the is hosp- a big deal. The hospital that gave him a good recommendation right. when he left should be held liable. Right. I agree. And it's like it goes back to the whole Dr. Death thing mm-hmm. and how he should have not been practicing for years. Mm-hmm. But it's so much easier, unfortunately, to like brush it under the rug mm-hmm. than to start the investigation because mm-hmm. nobody wants that on their, you know, whatever. But it, it's well, really disturbing. And hospitals don't want to have that. On their reputation. Right, yeah. They don't want any, like, you know, any articles or anything to come out about it because they don't want to lose patients or, you know, or have even more people looked into. Right. It's, yeah, it's really sad. It's really sad. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we should end on a funny story, but I don't know that I have one. Have you got one? Um, yeah. Okay. I mean, you know this one. Oh, is it the good one? I, yeah. Uh-huh. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh-huh. We didn't, this is like, this is totally like impromptu, but I like it. Yeah. Well, pretend like you've never heard of it Okay. Okay. I'll, I've got it. Got it. Okay. So, uh, shout out to Deanne, <laughs> who, um, is one of our coworkers. She's actually like does education for our hospital, but she used to be a labor and delivery nurse like us. And so she works in an office in the hospital now and, she shares the office with two other ladies. Uh, but one of the other women put up a wreath on their door. <laughs> I didn't know which story you were going with, but I like this yes. one. Yes. <laughs> so she put up a wreath on her door for, it's, Halloween has passed, but it was like during the month of Halloween. And it was like, um, so I this lady left for about an hour and a half. And came back, and the wreath was gone. Right. So we know the timeline. So yes, we have a solid timeline. And so when she got back, she called security and said, "Somebody took my wreath, and I want my wreath back." <laughs> so security was like, "We're on it." Right. They pulled the footage, which is killing me. And they, they found they found the perpetrator who took the wreath off, and the still shots 
were hilarious. This guy knew he was doing something wrong. So he was looking from side to side and like put it behind his clipboard to hide it and left. So security, this is probably the most excitement they've had in a really long time. Uh, They put out a bolo, which cracks me up. For the wreath. And for a wreath, ladies and gentlemen. That's what we're talking about, a wreath. <laughs> so anyway, long story short, they found the guy and they brought him in for questioning <laughs> and asked him to Do you to think please... he had an attorney present? <laughs> <laughs> they hooked him up to a lie detector right. test. So they brought him on a heart monitor. <laughs> right. Taking his blood pressure. and But he fessed up and they didn't even have to like good cop, bad cop him. Wow. And Thank Dan, goodness. Yeah. Deanne and I were talking about it at work, and I was dying laughing at her story because she's a very animated and right. like, storyteller. very funny person, very good storyteller. And um, and she was basically like, you guys, next time you're doing an interrogation, like, please bring me in. And where was this in the hospital? Like, was it a little room with right. like, one light? And is that legal? Can they do that? <laughs> no. I don't know what kind of jurisdiction. <laughs> right. In the hospital? Are you, like, right. immune to that? Our hospital but, security like, has. I didn't know the update. So the last time I worked, I just saw the bolo <laughs> person. So now we have the update. I mean, this is some serious stuff. Yeah. When I saw Deanne and she showed me the bolo because I had not seen the right bolo, which was hilarious which was just too much I mean right. they had so many pictures of this guy yes and it was a busy day for the Mont security yes. right <laughs> and the other lady who put who put all of this into motion she was like pull the footage I want to see it <laughs> <laughs> which is awesome awesome oh yeah so um it was a win for hospital yeah. security that get day. it done boys good mm-hmm. job yep they all meet, met up for a beer after work for right. a job well done. Cheers, guys. Yeah. That's awesome. It. All right. So where can you find us on social media? At Corks and Crime Podcast on all the things. And you can also email us at Podcast at gmail.com. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye. Bye.